So, let me start again. Here's Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, and when he was going through his own horrible suffering and darkness, he asked his disciples to watch over him. Think about that. For the last few weeks we've been discussing community, I think this request of Jesus that he makes of his disciples is a powerful modeling of exactly what authentic community looks like. All right? Now, I need to make a disclaimer before we continue. I find this entire story of Christ in the garden to be so filled with mystery and the divine numinous that it's mostly for me like a cloud of unknowing. Even listening to Jill read it again, I was thinking to myself, man, what is really going on here? Of course, I have heard thousands of sermons on it and read countless commentaries on it, but every single time I feel like I am left wanting. I am left thinking that maybe something has just been distilled that shouldn't be distilled. Maybe something has been reduced for the sake of clarity that maybe shouldn't be given clarity. I feel almost when I'm reading the story that maybe we should just take our shoes off because we're obviously standing on holy ground and let the words just sort of haunt us because we don't know what they mean. And so this morning, I'm not going to try to teach this story verse by verse like we sometimes do. Instead, I want to focus on this one request of the Christ to his friends. Watch over me. Watch over me. The first thing I want to do is I want to take the time to read it together in different translations. Because it's remarkable how often these translations can be very different, and yet here... They seem to all capture this mystery relatively the same. So let's go through. This is the New Living. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And the New American Standard, then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch over me. King James, then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. Young's literal, then saith he to them, Exceedingly sorrowful is my soul unto death. Abide ye here, and watch with me. Aramaic and plain English, and he said to them, My soul has sorrow even to death. Wait here for me, and keep watch with me. Weymouth New Testament. And he said to them, My soul is crushed with anguish to the very point of death. Wait here and keep awake with me. God's word. Then he said to them, My anguish is so great that I feel as if I'm dying. Wait here and stay awake with me. In the ISV. Then he told them, I'm so deeply grieved that I feel I'm about to die. Wait here and stay awake with me. Did you hear that? I feel I'm about to die. This is God in the flesh. I feel I'm about to die. This is suffering. Profound, profound suffering. And if we go over to Matthew's account, there's something incredibly fascinating here to me. Two things, actually, that really add to this whole mystery. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So, two things here. The first is pretty obvious. I'm sure all of us have sweat before because of sorrow, 
I know I have. You've, you, I'm sure you have been in emotional suffering that has made you sweat. But I've never sweat drops of blood, and I'm sure you haven't either. Okay? But the second thing that's even more remarkable to me, have you noticed when he is sweating drops of blood because of how much anguish he's in happens? After, after he's strengthened by the angels. After. Think about that. That these are, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, this story gets, I don't know, like, do you see what I mean about why it shouldn't be distilled? Like, think of that. He was strengthened by angels, and then he was still in so much pain and suffering, he was sweating drops of blood. So I think there's two things. One is, it's a mystery. Let it be a mystery. I think it also, though, could be incredibly helpful to us. Here's how. How many of you have ever been in such incredible pain and suffering that you are convinced God has abandoned? Where is God now? That's one of the greatest questions one of the, and one of the biggest reasons people abandon Christianity. They can't handle the pain and suffering in the world. They can't handle the pain and suffering in their own lives. Where's God? So here's a suggestion for you. You know those times when you think God has forgotten you? Maybe, instead of having forgotten you, maybe that's when he's doing most of his strengthening. And just imagine how dark it would be if he wasn't. Right? Faith. Trust. That God loves us even when it's darkest. They're holding on to us even when it's darkest. And I think something else we learn here in this whole mystery of what's going on on this night, I think this is the pinnacle of Christ's suffering for us. I know, I know the cross and crucifixion and how incredibly, physically, incredibly torturous that is. I, I'm not belittling that. But what I'm saying is nothing seems to have affected him like this night. This night. Real Emotional suffering is real. And we should never discount it when people are going through it. Ever. It's real. And it's profound. So the Christ is in utter agony, and he asks his disciples to watch over him. Now, we know the story from the story. The disciples failed him here. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of commentators stop, and they put all their focus on the disciples' failure. And I think that's unfortunate. Because commentators and, and preachers tend to be much harsher on the disciples than Jesus was. I mean, you heard the story. Jesus is just like, oh, okay. I mean, I think Jesus knew it was a long, emotional, draining day for these disciples. It had been a long, emotional, draining week from the, from the procession in with the palms through everything they had gone through. He also knew they just came from Passover dinner where they all had at least four glasses of wine. Remember, these are the guys that went to a wedding a few years ago and drank the entire wedding dry. Okay, so Jesus is very comfortable and appreciative of where his disciples are at. He's not that harsh on them. Okay, should they, should they have stayed awake and watched? Of course, but the reality is, even in this failure, they were forgiven. And so I want you to hear that, because where we're about to go, I'm sure all of us will be, boy, I, I have failed in this area. It's okay. We're forgiven there. The idea is to be encouraged to move forward in a different direction. And so here's the thing. 
What matters to us this morning is this request. If God in the flesh wanted someone to watch over him during his most deepest agony, then it is only right that we should recognize that the most sacred responsibility we have as followers of Jesus Christ is to watch over each other during our own sufferings. Okay? This is the community we are called to. This is the community we've been talking about for the last month or so. We all know suffering. I don't think there's anyone here except the, the few little ones that are still with us that don't know suffering. Profound suffering. We all know. And it seems year in and year out, this very, very small church has unbelievable suffering. I, I go through my notes from time to time from the past 10 years of ministry here, and it seems every year, 2009, 2010, 2000, and on and on, either one person or a few people or a family have gone through unbelievable suffering. It's incredible when I've gone back. I'm like, wow, we are such a small church, and it's just endless what we go through. So we all know it. And it's human and natural and divine even to want to be watched over when we're suffering. Even the writer of the Proverbs understood this is the role we have. A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. That's a powerful Proverbs. Proverbs are strange things. You have to be careful with them. But this one is powerful. We're all brothers and sisters. What are we born for? To be there for each other in our times of adversity. Wow. Now, I know we all have different personalities. I get this. And, and some of us may like our privacy when we're suffering. I understand that. Some of us like our privacy all the time. Dave. Sorry. That's it. Wasn't supposed to come up. I, was, I just thought that I wasn't, that wasn't supposed to. Sorry. But here's the thing. I'm not talking about having to engage in conversations or even having to listen to words of encouragement. Even Jesus didn't ask his disciples, hey, talk to me. Help me through this. That's not what was going on here. Though I do think at the right time and place, words and conversation can be helpful. But I'm simply talking about watching. In a community, to be authentic, we have to be humble enough to let people watch over us. And that's what we talked about last week. We have to be humble enough to be willing to share our stories. If we don't share our stories, how do we know? People can't read our minds. But we all have them. We all have stories. And we have to be sensitive enough and Christ-like enough to know everyone has a story and be willing to hear it when they're ready to tell it to us. And then we have to figuratively and literally watch over each other. Figuratively and literally, we have to watch over each other as authentic community. So figuratively, that's being aware of what those around us are going through. And if you don't know, find out. Find out. And it's being available should they want our presence, our words, our help. Just being available. If they don't, they don't. But if they do, be available for that. Let them know you're available for that. And here's what else figuratively watching over means. 
Letting each other know we are praying for each other and thinking about each other. And I'm going to make a side note on this now. There is a lot of talk in our culture right now, and it is appropriate, I believe, talk. And if you watched any of the news yesterday, you saw thousands of signs. My son and I actually participated. Cain is not political. I am now way out of the pulpit. Okay? But I'm just telling this because it's part of my illustration. My son and I participated in the march in New York City yesterday. We saw thousands of signs, and if you watched on the news, I'm sure you saw them too, that said... Prayers crossed out, thoughts crossed out, action. Okay? So telling people in this society right now that you're praying for them and thinking of them has a negative connotation. Here's the deal. What we need to do as authentic followers of Christ is recognize that that is a legitimate concern because there are plenty of people today that are saying that in lieu of action. There's nothing wrong then with recognizing that. However, that does not then follow we throw the baby out with the bathwater and praying and thinking of each other is a wrong thing to do. And that's the other way it goes. And I hear so much of that lately, and I'm like, wait a second, time out. Just because some people are using that statement to get out of responsibility, and listen, I'll be right honest with all of us right here. If we ever say that to someone, to get out of doing something for them. And I have to watch myself all the time on this because I'm the pastor and I'm always sending emails and and texts and phone calls. I'm praying for you and I always have to search my heart. If we ever say that to someone to get out of doing something for them, shame on us. Then we should rethink our Christianity. But if we are Christians and we want to be an authentic community, we should be praying and thinking for each other. And now here it goes for those of you that struggle with prayer. Are you ready? This is where I finally got to. In all my years of studying prayer and reading C.S. Lewis' classic, The Efficacy of Prayer, and trying to understand it and figure it out and listen to people teach about it and on and on and on, and you just get to a place, what the heck is prayer and what does it mean and does it work and who cares and on and on. Here's all you need to know. When Jesus was here in the flesh as God, he prayed... And he taught his disciples to pray. Do we need to know anything else? I'd be honest. Do we? Do we need to figure it out? Do we need to understand it? I was thinking about this driving in today. And I was going to talk to Brian Trail after church. Because do you know what I realized? I'm 53. I'm driving my car. And my car's old. And it has all these noises. And sometimes I call Brian and say, what does that mean? But the le- then I'm suddenly going down the road. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't really even know how a car engine like, works. Like I don't know. I'm 53 years old. I know if I put gas in it, I know there's some sort of, there must be some, but I literally have no idea how a car engine works. Matt's laughing at me because Matt takes cars apart and puts them back together. And I think there's fire in there somewhere, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. There's fire in the car, and we're safe and all. And I'm like, and guess what? It hasn't stopped me from driving yet. I drove 500 miles yesterday. I'm encouraging you. I'm not yelling at anyone. If you don't believe in prayer and you don't pray just because you don't get it or understand it or don't think it works, that's not an excuse. Jesus said, pray. And Jesus prayed. That's what we should be doing for each other. We should be praying for each other. And we should be thinking about each other. 
I woke up this morning with three different people on my heart, all battling cancer, and I was thinking about them. And I think I was doing a good thing. And I prayed for them. I don't know what that's going to look like, and I don't know what that means, but I did it because Jesus did it. And Jesus wanted it. Jesus wanted them to pray for him. I think we should pray for each other, don't you? Whether you're like me and don't get it, just pray for each other. I think it's beautiful. And then figuratively, when people are suffering, we need to be there for them. I mean, that's figuratively. Literally, we need to be there for them when those times present themselves. When people are suffering, being willing to be with them. Sit with them quietly. Hold their hands. Clean their house. Make them food. Do whatever you think would be helpful to those people at that time. That's authentic community. Think of it this way. When, when our loved ones go into hospice, whether they go to a hospice facility or they're in hospice at home, what do we do? We gather around. We watch over. Isn't that what we do when people are in hospice? We watch over. We've all been there. I'm looking around this room. I know people have sat next to dying loved ones. We watch over. And that's all Jesus is saying. So when we're suffering, whether we're suffering unto death or not, let's watch over each other. Let's watch over each other. So, now we're going to do an exercise. <laughs> and I know this is going to take some of you way out of your comfort zones. That's okay. To be like Jesus in this world is to be way out of your comfort zone. Right? So we need to practice. We need to practice. It's going to be very simple. All right? Everyone needs a palm branch. And everyone has their palm branches. Okay? So now here's what I want you to do before I explain what we're doing. This palm branch is plenty back there, Jen. Don't worry. Oh, you have a palm branch? Oh, you have, oh, you're trying to get out the coffee? Yeah, sure. No, I know, Jen. Now, if your husband said he's going to help coffee, that would be entirely different. Oh, look at all the people that want to help coffee today. No, they started, that's fine. All right, here's what I want you to do. I'd like you to please, and even if you're visitors, we're such a small community, please, go and sit with someone. I, there's almost, most, it's, I think it's almost um, an even number. If, we have, I, if there's an odd number, I'll be the odd number, but I think there's mostly an even number. Please just go and sit with someone you're not sitting with now. It can be someone you know, but just don't sit with someone you're sitting with now, please. Some people from this side of the room go over there. Some people from this side go over there. Just go, and don't be afraid, all right? Then I'll tell you what we're going to do, okay? That's not what this is. Okay? The talking part of this is very short. 
This is not the time to get to know each other, okay? That's building community, and that's beautiful, but this is another side of what we're practicing today, okay? You wanna to get to know that person you're sitting next to? Give them a call and go out and have coffee. That would be an amazing part of community. This morning, when the music starts, you're going to share one thing and try to, try to be vulnerable, like I was last week from you. Try to be vulnerable of some pain in your life that you want to be washed over for. Be open. Be vulnerable. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go into the backstory or anything. It can be as simple as, like, if you're rich, it can be simple as, I have pancreatic cancer. We get that. That's not what you have to share. You can share, there might be other things in your heart and mind, but I'm just explaining. Okay? Share deeply, quickly, instantly. And then let the other person share. Then you're going to exchange your palm branches. And I brought directions in the back. So after church, if you want, you can turn them into a cross. Look at that. I did that last night. <laughs> or not. Those palm branches are going to be for you a symbol of what that person just gave you to hold on to. And hopefully you'll put that palm branch somewhere where you'll see it every morning or every night. And you'll pray. You'll watch over the person next to you. Okay? That's what we're going to do. We're going to watch over after you know each other's burden, then let's just be in silent prayer for each other. Not taking turns praying for each other out loud, no. Just both of you, just doing what Jesus asked. Sit here and pray for him and watch him. Okay? And then, at the end of service, I want to encourage you. Talk to the person you just shared with. Get their contact information. Text them. Message them. Call them. Ask them about the burden that you're watching over. And when it goes away, there might be another burden that you can then take on. Let's be in community. Because listen, if this is what it means to be a Christian, let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor, this is a privilege to be able to watch over each other. Let's watch over each other now. So when 
sovereign God, for the acts of love by which you have set us free. On this day, Jesus entered Jerusalem triumphantly to suffer and to die, and was greeted with branches of palm. Let these branches be for us symbols of martyrdom and majesty. May we who carry them follow Christ in the way of the cross, which leads to life through Christ who lives and reigns in glory with you and the Holy Ghost, now and forever. Amen. Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. Our Lord is on a journey, and the way leads through opposition and misunderstanding. Jesus invites us to follow him. This journey leads to the shadows of betrayal, the night of Gethsemane, the afternoon darkness of Golgotha. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose, it for, lose their life for my sake will find it. Our Lord is on a journey. May we have the grace to follow this Christ and to give to him our very lives. For in giving away our lives, we find them, and in dying, we live. Amen. And the most beautiful thing about the gospel is giving away our lives is doing just what we did. Watch over each other. Let's, let's love each other. Let's go into this Holy Week, celebrate this incredible story. God coming among us, living among us, dying among, among us, and rising again. No matter how dark it gets, light wins. It's great to worship together today. Go in peace.